Romans 8, we were saved with this hope ahead of us. Now hope means we are, await- we are waiting for something we do not have. How can a man hope for something he already has? But if we hope for something we do not yet see, we must learn how to wait for it. So that's what I wanted to talk to you about this morning, hope. Praise God. Short message about hope. You know, we've all hoped for something in our lives, haven't we? We've hoped for something or someone or whatever. We've hoped for big things. We've hoped for small things. We've hoped for important things. We've hoped for not so important things. And you know what? I think personally, the word hope is just thrown around very flippantly nowadays. It's not used the way it should be used. Amen. I hope I win the lotto. You may not have even done it. You know, I hope I make it on time, even though you didn't get out of bed that five minutes earlier that you should have. I hope I studied enough. I hope I get enough points in my leaving cert. I hope I get that college course I want. I hope I do well in this job interview. I hope I meet that guy this year, girls. 2020, amen, the husbands are coming in, amen. (laughs) I'm ready for that one. I hope, I hope, I hope, boys, I hope that girl comes this year, amen. Praise God. I hope I get an iPhone for Christmas. I hope my kids do well in life. I hope. It's a common saying, we live in hope. You hear that all the time, especially with Irish people. We live in hope. But sometimes when we say it, like, it's like we don't really mean it, or we just throw it in there at the end, you know, maybe like a lucky thing, you know, if I get lucky, it'll happen, you know? We, we don't say it, or, you know, sometimes I think we say it, maybe it's like a comfort word, or it's a slight bit of relief, you know, if you're hoping for something, well then, I'll throw the word hope in there, so maybe it might happen, but maybe it mightn't either, but, you know, whatever. We throw the word hope in there almost as a precaution, I think, sometimes. You know, everything will be fine, I hope. (laughs) We use the word hope without even thinking. And the dictionary, you know I always like to give you an English lesson when I'm up here. The dictionary definition of the word hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. So a feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. Now, when I saw that, I thought, a feeling. Whoa, a feeling of expectation and desire. Oops, now if you're like me, and I'm sure you are, because you're all much older than I am, but if you have lived in your skin, if you have lived in your skin at any time, for any length of time, you know that your feelings are not reliable, amen? They are not reliable. You cannot depend on your feelings, amen? Our feelings are not the best things that we can trust in. So it's a feeling of expectation and desire. That's not good enough for me, amen? That's just not good enough for me. But hope in the scripture is totally different. Hope in scripture means, get this, are you ready? A strong and confident expectation. That's what I want, amen? A strong and confident expectation. If I was doing this with the kids now, I'd go, a strong and confident expectation. Okay, a strong and confident expectation. You see, a feeling is replaced by a strong and a confident expectation. Amen. Amen. We are not at the mercy of luck. Amen. We are not at the mercy of luck. It's a feeling of expectation and desire or a strong and confident expectation. 
Amen. Praise God. Two pages done, Enda. We're good. Good news today. That's us. Our hope is a strong and a confident expectation. Strong, confident. That's our hope. Amen. That's the hope we have. You know, once you have given your life to God, you have a strong and a confident expectation now. Okay, because you have given your life to God. When we look, because we've just come off Christmas time, when you look at that baby in the manger, yes, the little baby in the manger is cute and lovely. But when you look at that baby in the manger, you have to stop seeing cute and lovely. Amen? You have to see your hope, your strong and confident expectation. Amen? When we become Christians, we have real hope, real trusting hope hope. Amen. A strong and confident expectation. In the depths of despair, there is real hope. Amen. And unfortunately, we don't get skittles all the time just because we're Christians. Amen. The Bible says we will have tribes. So unfortunately, there will be times when we are in despair. But God sent Jesus into the world to give us hope. That strong and confident expectation. Amen. People were in sin. They were getting further and further away from God. And here he sends Jesus. Amen. He sends Jesus. And when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we have that promise from God. Amen. We have that promise of God that we will spend eternity in heaven with him. Strong and confident expectation. Amen. We also have the promise of abundant life. Strong and confident expectation. Amen. We have promises now from God that we can believe in and trust in and hope in with a strong and confident expectation. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. What sort of a hope? Strong and confident expectation. Yes, there is always hope for us. If you are in this room this morning, if you have made Jesus the Lord of your life, there is always hope for you. Amen. In John chapter 5, we see the, the story of the guy at the pool of Bethesda. I just want to look at it really quick. Soon after, soon another feast came around, okay? And Jesus was back in Jerusalem. This is John chapter 5, verse 1. Near the sheep, sheep gate in Jerusalem, there was a pool in Hebrew called Bethesda with five alcoves. Hundreds of sick people, blind, crippled, paralyzed were in these alcoves. One man had been an invalid there for 38 years. When Jesus saw him stretched out by the pool and knew how long he had been there, he said, do you want to get well? The sick man said, sir, when the water is stirred, I don't have anybody to put me in the pool. By the time I get there, somebody else is already in. Jesus said, get up, take your bedroll, start walking. The man was healed on the spot. He picked up his bedroll and walked off. So this man has been sick for 38 years. He's been there lying by the pool for 38 years. Every so often, the angel came down, stirred the pool, and the first person in after the stirring received their healing. So each time that happened, he tried to get into the pool, but somebody always beat him to it. Now, and they got their healing, and praise God, they did. Amen? And I've heard teachings on this guy before, and I've heard it taught like that he was lazy. Maybe he didn't try hard enough. When Jesus asked him, do you want to be made well, he had an excuse. And all that could be true, but I always had compassion on this guy because I thought, you know, every time that water was stirred up, he hoped that this was his time. He hoped this was his time. But somebody always beat him to it. There was always somebody faster or stronger, or whatever that needed, maybe less of a healing than he did, or whatever it was, but he never made it on time. 
But Jesus knew this guy was here, amen? Jesus knew hundreds of sick people lying around there expecting their healing, amen, day after day. Can you imagine it? 38 years, day after day. Each time the water stirred up, he hoped. And each time he missed it. Praise God for those that got healed, but this man didn't. He didn't make it, amen? He was too slow. Somebody always beat him to it, but each time he hoped. Each time he had a feeling of expectation and desire, amen? He had hope, but then Jesus walked in, and now he has hope, amen? Jesus walks in, and now he has hope. Jesus saw him lying there, and the Bible says he knew God knows everything, amen? He knew, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The question is asked. Now the hope is there, amen? The woman with the issue of blood, you remember her? We did a whole session on her here during the year. She spent all her money. She had hope in doctors and everything she could think of, all sorts of medicines, got rid of all her money, and was instead of getting better, she actually got worse. Then she went to Jesus and she reached out to Jesus. Her hope, her real hope, amen, her real hope. We know about Jesus, amen. She didn't know until the last. He was like her last resort, as it were, because she didn't know until she heard about Jesus. But we know already, amen. We don't have to try everything else before we reach out to Jesus. Jesus shouldn't be our last pit stop, amen. He should be our first. When they came, do you remember Jairus was with him and he was heading on to heal Jairus' daughter? And they came to Jairus and said, don't bother to teach anymore, your daughter is already dead. Jesus said, nope, don't be afraid, only believe, only believe. Jesus was saying, look, I'm the hope, I'm standing in front of you, just believe, amen. Psalm 147 verse 11, the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his mercy. Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desires come, it is a tree of life. The hope we have in God will not disappoint. Amen. Romans 5, 5, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. When we go through trials, guys, you need to reach out. Reach out for that hope. Amen. It's like a train going through a tunnel. The train goes through the tunnel, dark, 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 but all of a sudden then, you start to see the little glimpses of light. We were in Disney years ago. The girls were really young, and they tricked me. You see, I wouldn't be into those big rides, right? And at the time, Rebecca was small, so she wasn't allowed. Hallelujah, somebody had to stay with the child, of course, right? So I stayed, I volunteered very willingly to stay with the child, okay? So Enda and Emma went off on these, and they went on this huge big ride, can't remember the name of it now, but they, they went on this huge big ride, right? And they had, of course, they came up, yes, yes, it's great. And of course, my husband told me that I would love the ride. And, you know, loyal, loving wife, I trusted my husband, amen? <laughs> so we got into this, and Emma was wanting to go again, go again, so he says he'll stay with Rebecca, and we go, Emma and I. Now, I'm here, and she's here. Wasn't that the way it was? And we're strapped in, you know, when you get strapped in, you're thinking, this is not good. So they bring us around this corner, and then we're about to go up, okay? And they start to count down. Five, four... Every part of me was screaming, let me out, let me out, let me out. And you know, you have that responsibility of your little eight-year-old beside you. You were only eight, I think. And I just, the fear just, you know, gripped. Then all of a sudden, three, two, one, zoom, we were gone. Couldn't do anything about it. 
And I could see, I couldn't, I could see her, but couldn't see her, you know the way? And she had this little pea cap, and the cute pea cap kept going back, forward, back, forward, back, forward. That's all I could see. I kept thinking, my baby, and I can't protect her. It's too fast, it's too furious. And then to cap it all off, as I thought it was going to get worse, we went into the dark. The dark, the pitch black, we could not see. We could not see. I couldn't see her anymore. I couldn't even see the little hat anymore. I could hear her. That was the only thing. She was, woo, woo. She was having a blast. I was in bits beside her. And then, to make matters worse in the dark, they turned us upside down several times. I was like, I'll never see the child again. I just, I, it was terrifying. But then all of a sudden, we came out into the light. All of a sudden, I could see the light. I knew I'd see her again. I could see the hash just back here somewhere. And she grinning from ear to ear, you know, wanting to go again. Let's go again, let's go again. Never again. I'll never be on that ride again. But we came and we stopped and came to a halt. It was okay, amen. It was okay. God's got it, amen. We need to trust in that hope, that strong, confident expectation that we have, even when we're in that dark tunnel, even when we're doing somersaults in the dark, we're going to come out into the light, amen. You know, we've done it recently in our offering series, Exodus chapter 16 and verse 13. So in the evening, the quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning, there was a blanket of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew evaporated on the surface of the wilderness, there was a fine flake-like thing, as fine as frost on the ground. I love that because I love that term, blanket of dew. A blanket of dew. This is when God provided in the wilderness for the Israelites, okay? There was a blanket. Blanket means covering, doesn't it? It means warmth. It means coziness. It means protection. Amen? They give those shiny blankets to people after traumatic events. They'll wrap a shiny blanket around them because that reflects back in the heat. Amen? It keeps them warm. It eases their shivering. They have something now that they... Do you know when you, if you're, if you're going through a tough time, it's lovely to have something to hold on to, isn't it? You wrap up in a blanket and you hold on to it. Amen? You, you feel protected underneath there. So your blanket of hope needs to shut all the external stuff out, amen? Nothing can penetrate your blanket of hope, guys. Strong and confident. If you wrap yourself in that blanket of hope, nothing can penetrate it, amen? It will keep out the fiery darts of the enemy. Praise God. Because you know what? Your blanket of hope is like a shield of faith. And you know, and faith and hope are the same family. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16, above all, lift up the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Amen. We need to remember we have our blanket of hope. Wrap it around you. Whatever it is you have to do, you're stepping into the doctor's office. Wrap blanket of hope. Amen. You're trying to fix a broken marriage blanket of hope. Amen. You're trying to figure out your finances. Blanket of hope. Amen. You're worried about your kids' futures, where they go, what they'll do. Blanket of hope. Amen. Whatever it is, blanket of hope. Amen. God, God wants us to use that blanket of hope. Amen. Revelations 21 verse 4. I'm reading it from the message because I love it. I heard a voice thunder from the throne. Look, look, God has moved into the neighborhood. Every time I read that, my stomach jumps. He has moved into the neighborhood. He's in our neighborhood, amen? Making his home with men and women. They're his people, he's their God. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death is gone for good. 
Tears gone, crying gone, pain gone, all the first order of things gone. The enthroned continued, look, I am making everything new. Write it all down, each word dependable and accurate. Amen. Don't ever think that you have gone too far to come back to God. Amen. If you're here this morning, right, and you don't know this strong, confident hope that I've been talking about, if you're here this morning and maybe you've stepped away from that strong, confident hope, it happens. Amen. I encourage you. It's time to come home. It's our last Sunday of 2019. It's our last Sunday of this decade. Amen. Don't go into 2020 without God. Amen. I encourage you, go into 2020 with God. Amen. Remember the prodigal son? Just as we finish, you remember he took his share of the father's inheritance and he sent it on down, down the road, squandered it on wild living, had no money left, no friends left, they all disappeared, no job, no food, nothing, nothing. And you know what? He came back to his dad, didn't he? Even at his lowest point. And I just want to pick it up there in Luke chapter 15, verse 17. I'm reading this from the passage, or the passion, if I say it right. Listen, humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing, and he thought, there are many workers at my father's house who have all the food they want with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. Why, here I am, dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop. I want to go back home to my father's house and I'll say to him, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I'll never be worthy to be called your son. Please, Father, just treat me like one of your employees. Verse 20. So the young man set off for home. From a long distance away, he saw his father coming. So, I'm sorry. So the young son set off for home. From a long distance away, his father saw him coming, dressed as a beggar. And great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son, who was returning home. So the father raced out to meet him. He swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, and kissed him over and over with tender love. You know, when I read that yesterday, his father saw him coming dressed as a beggar. Dress is temporary, amen? When we come to God dressed in our sin, it's just temporary, amen? God can remove that dressing of sin, amen? He can remove that dressing of sin, and verse 21, then the son said, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. And the father interrupted and said, Son, you're home now. He didn't even allow the son. The son had prepared this great speech, this great sorry speech, and he didn't even let him continue. Amen. Turning to his servants, the father said, Quick, bring me the best robe, my very own robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. Bring the ring, the seal of sonship, and I will put it on his finger. And bring out the best shoes you can find. For my son, let's prepare a great feast and celebrate. For this beloved son of mine was once dead, and now he's alive again. Once he was lost, but now he is found. God will dress us, amen, in forgiveness, in love, in joy, healing, peace, and hope. Strong and confident expectation. Amen. Praise God.